Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. And welcome to this week's very special episode with the incredible Dr. Zina, um, Zina Al-Kalabi. I'm almost certain. Have I gotten that correct, Zina? Please yes. correct me if I'm wrong. Because there's nothing, there's nothing more embarrassing than saying somebody's name wrong. And then you're just like, oh. So I was just like, better practice that. So I'm glad I got that right. But Zina, welcome to the show. Zina is an incredible figure competitor, a natural figure competitor. She has more titles than I can even list, list off. Multiple British titles around from the PCA, the BMBF, the UK DFBA. She's also a DFAC row and alongside all of that she is also a vet so this woman knows how to balance everything and I'm so excited to have her on the show today to talk about all of that managing uni college everything alongside fitness and then transitioning into managing bodybuilding alongside a full-time job because a lot of bodybuilders are just full-time coaches so you know it's we, we don't really get that full spectrum so Dina thank you so much for coming on how are you getting on today? Thank you so much for having me. That was a nice introduction. Um, yes, I am very good. I'm really excited to have a chat with you. So, yeah. yeah, I kind of for I was like thinking, oh, I should really like write out a list of like all the stuff, and then I was just like, I'll just I'll, I'll, I know, I know. <laughs> Basically, there, if the, if there's a British title, Gina's probably won one of them. Um, I remember I've been following you for ages, right before your actual first season back in 2020 um and I just remember obviously you know I knew I was going to be competing eventually and I was like watching all the the figure mm-hmm. girls and you just you just showed up and just it's like I'm just gonna win everything <laughs> like, yeah thank you so much uh so I'd love to obviously dive into your background first a little bit so why don't you tell people maybe just a little bit about what actually got you into bodybuilding in the first place? Because um, obviously I know a lot of females, we might have different entry points of like how we even got into this. So maybe just like briefly, you don't have to give like a whole synopsis, but just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, basically I've always done sport. I think a lot of bodybuilders do have like a background in some kind of sport. Um, for me, it was swimming. So I did that up until I was 17. Um, and then during my A-levels, um, when I was trying to get into university, I knew that I couldn't do everything, so I decided to stop competitive swimming. Um, And then I just felt a bit lost for a few years, tried out loads of different sports, but nothing ever really gave me the same feeling as what I got from when I was a swimmer. Um, And then I met my current boyfriend, Ethan, um, and he was always into bodybuilding. That's He's the one person where that I know that has only ever done like bodybuilding. He did do sports when he was younger, but he knew from very early on that like bodybuilding was for him. So um, he got me into it. And yeah, at the start, I said I would never, ever, ever compete. I would never step on stage. Like that's just not me as a person. And then, yeah, six years later, <laughs> here, here we are. I feel like so many girls are like that. I was the exact same. Um, people would be like, oh, you ever going to compete? And I was like, absolutely no <laughs> chance, bro. I wouldn't do that. Um, but like, I feel like, I don't know if you were the same. I like, I think secretly, like in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'd love to, but I just didn't think I could. Yeah, I just I'm- thought like, no, like, you know, you look at these competitors and you think I could never look that way or be that lean or anything yeah. even remotely like that um, yeah and you know what I was such a tomboy as well growing up so I have two big brothers and like growing up like I was just always a, my mum literally always says she had three boys like I was such a tomboy so seeing like people in a bikini on a stage I was like absolutely never like I would never yeah. do that um but then yeah I feel like as you grow older you do get a bit more girly don't you and you're like oh maybe 
Maybe I, I think will. that's I think that's actually something I love about bodybuilding because I would be quite similar. I was quite a tomboy too. Like my background's in horse riding. So, you know, you're just, you're mucking out stables and you're dirty yeah. all the time. I kind of like that with bodybuilding. You get to bring those two parts of you together because in the gym, like you're an animal and you have to be that mm-hmm. way. And there is that kind of masculine part, but then on stage, it's so like feminine and girly and it's it is it's such a juxtaposition like I kind of love it it's like you spend 20 25 30 weeks just looking like a mess and then at the end it's just like the ultimate love. Here I am. I don't know. yeah yeah you're just like yeah. but yeah that's I always find that hard with posing like I'm not like even when I am posing it's not like this sassy girly I have to be quite yeah. like I don't yeah know, like, I remember beautiful. messaging you do you remember I messaged yeah. you my prep last year and I was like Emma teach me how to be girly and you were like it's an act just do yeah. it just act and I was yeah like, okay <laughs> literally no literally it's like I don't know who that girl is as soon as the heels go on it's somebody else because if it yeah. was me like I'm an awkward like giraffe like even oh, walking I know you're the same the walking yeah, is the I... Part. I don't care what anybody says I'll twist and turn but as soon as I have to walk I'm like oh, yeah can't same. do it yeah but you made yours look so elegant when you did your your prep and I was like I want to look like that. And then just, like, just act. So then at the BNBF finals, I was like, just channel my inner Emma. <laughs> oh, stop. oh my God, I love that. Oh no, it was two, two years of practice. That's what it was. So hopefully yeah. by the time I compete next time, it will work again. Um, but no, amazing. So yeah, I think it's a, it's, you're right like a lot of girls have that kind of sport and background obviously if anybody's ever seen Xena, you would not be in the least bit surprised that she's a former swimmer her back and shoulders fuck me like you are like a Dorito but in the best way possible like <laughs> like that's what Michael Phelps looks like so that's really really cool and then obviously you are a vet as well I love to know even just like out of curiosity what was the journey like getting into that because I actually wanted to be a vet I was convinced for like a good like most of my life until I was about 18 I was going to be a vet and then last minute decided I wasn't going to do it um have you always was that something you always wanted have you always been like an animal person or yeah so I think for me like my you know what it's quite boring but like I am that person that I was the three-year-old walking around saying like I want to be an animal doctor you know like for me it was just so like straight path like I never had any other thoughts about doing anything else and I could never really like when people would say oh like what's your backup plan I was like oh I don't have one like I don't have anything else like it was always that and I think it was just that like I loved yeah I loved the animals and like doing like work experience and stuff in school like it would always be at the vet so um for me like it was just something that I always knew that I wanted to do um which is nice I think because it just kind of kept me driven to do that um whereas if I wasn't sure then I think it would have definitely taken like a long time to figure it out oh yeah 100% I mean like it is it's still wild sometimes when you think that like 18 year olds are just expected to choose what they want to do forever For yeah. some people, like it obviously does work out and you are clearly incredibly passionate about your job, um, which is really cool to see. So yeah, no, I love I love seeing all of your stories. <laughs> the story you brought up yesterday on your close friend. I was like, wow. Yeah, I yeah. think those are the types of things I'm kind of glad I avoided. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I like never know what to share because I'm like, some people like genuinely don't want to see this, you know? And I'm like, to me, it's so cool. I'm like, yeah. whoa, look at this, like, like leg that I've just been put back on or whatever yeah. you know I haven't actually done that but you know and then other people were like Ethan messages me and he's like see that's actually really gross and I'm like Oh, that's just normal no I loved you had the was it the litter of like pocket bullies recently or something oh my god mm. oh, I need one yeah they're so yeah. cute but yeah no that's that's really really cool and obviously something we will go into because it's like I 
know a lot of vets obviously like I did a lot of work experience in vets and I even coached some vets and yeah. it's a very demanding job it's a very yeah. very demanding job and obviously you do it because you love it but I think it will yeah. be so interesting to dive into how you manage that alongside a demanding sport which does take up most of your time so let's rewind it back then I think and we could maybe dive into a little bit about when you were like a competitive swimmer in school how you sort of managed both of those things like and I'm sure that doing that probably gave you such a solid foundation then you know for the rest of your sort of sporting career but yeah what uh what was that like being so young because obviously you know a lot of young people they're like going out having fun um but to be in a position where maybe you you can't do those things as much what was that like yeah no definitely so it was definitely strange I think growing up um I obviously I always wanted to also swim when I was younger. Like every single time I had the choice of two sports, I would always pick swimming. So my parents let me do everything. Um, and then anytime it came a cho- like a choice, I would always choose a swimming pool. So I joined a local swim team and then did that pretty much from when I was 11 um, till 17. Um, I'd be training like every morning, every night. So like two hours before school, two hours in the evening. Um, and then you'd have to do like your pre and post swimming, kind of like you do with the gym, like, you know, your active stretching and things like that. Um, and it was fine up until kind of my A-levels, which obviously we'll get into in a second. But in the school, like for me, it it just kept me going. Like, I don't know. I don't know whether it's like the way my brain is wired, but I always need something else from education. Um, I can't just go to school and then come home and work. Like for me, I always need a break. Um, so I think that kind of got me through school, um, did really well in my GCSEs while still swimming and everything like that. Um, but then I got to my A-levels and this is where I kind of had the first encounter of, okay, I'm actually not superhuman. Um, so for me, I'm not the sort of person that kind of went to school and just knew everything, you know? I think from social media, you look at kind of people that are successful in what they do and you think, okay, you know, like they've got everything so easy. They're just really intelligent. They don't have to work for anything. But anybody that knows me personally knows that like I had to work to get into uni like really, really hard. So I did my first year of A-levels whilst I was a swimmer and I literally completely flopped them, Um, literally failed. Well, I didn't fail, but for example, in chemistry, I had an E, like I was bad. Um, And, you know, my teachers and everything were like, like, you can't do swimming at the same time. And I was like, no, I can, you know, like I can do swimming at the same time. Um, And they made me realize then that I had to kind of start to think about balance um, and actually start to, in my brain, know that, okay, you know, I have to give more to one than the other um, at a certain period of time. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that was the first time that I actually thought, okay, I have to change this. And um, so I stopped swimming uh, because I knew that I wanted to be a vet. um, And then, you know, got all my grades, got into uni. And then, yeah, I mean, do you want me to go straight into that part? Or do you want to kind of pick up on anything, questions that like from that? Um, so I think like what one question I was going to ask is when it came to swimming, like, did you, obviously it was something you loved. It gave you a massive break. Was it something that you thought you could potentially like do in the future and like be good at it? Like, did you think like, I mean, obviously like the, I'm not saying like, I think I can go to the Olympics, but you know, was it something that you thought I could be really, really good at it? Like, was it when you were making that decision? Like, I'm sure it was really tough regardless, yeah. but did it sort of feel like giving up that, all of that potential or was it just like, okay, well, you know, I just enjoyed this, but I know veterinary for me is like the real goal. Yeah, no, so do you know what it was? I always say to this day, the hardest decision of my life. Um, For me, like I wanted to go to the Olympics. Like that was, you know, that was my goal. And I wasn't one of these, you know, 
people that was that's so unrealistic because I was I was pretty good at swimming and you know I went to like British nationals and um, I was on the Welsh team and you know it was something that I think like given different circumstances different kind of mental state I probably could have done really really well at it yeah. um but it came to the time where I was getting so worked up about school and I was getting so in my own head about like confidence and I just didn't really at that stage like I just didn't really know how to do everything um and I always say to myself like I wish I could go back to being that person now knowing what I know now and I think it would have been different um because I have a very different outlook on everything compared to that back then um but yeah what really did it for me was um my first year of A levels I was like in in contention for like youth commonwealth games team um for Wales and I missed out by like naught point something of a second in one of my races um and then okay. that was the year I also flopped all of my grades so like I didn't get either of them and I was yeah. like right I have to make a choice at this stage and then I was like do I like you know go for swimming or do I go for education and being my father obviously you knew the answer to that oh. I from a very you know strict strict family so um dad would never have let me you know just stop and, and go swimming so um he actually drove me to a different college um and ma made them take me in as like a reset my a-levels um so that I could, I could do that and at that wow. point then that was when he was like you really need to like reconsider your swimming. And I I, I'm, I did keep swimming for a bit in that reset year. Um, and then I, you know, I kept racing and just kept doing really bad because yeah. my mind just wasn't in it. Um, and then I always remember I went to like my final race and, and we, we were, it was an, it was an away competition, went with mum and we sat in the hotel room together and I was like, what do I do? And she just said like, just go with like whatever, you know, your gut saying. And I was like, I know I need to, either stop swimming or you know you know reduce the amount I'm doing um, because like there's nothing I want more than to be a vet so she just said to me like let's make this your last race like you know do everything and then in the future if you want to pick it back up you can and, and that was it was my last race wow. uh, and yeah obviously floods of tears it was the hardest thing I ever did um, but like now looking back, like I'm so proud of that person because like that's, that's a tough decision to make. Oh yeah. Well, especially at that age, because at that age, you're not, it's very hard when you're like, you know, 16, 17, 18 to actually think about the future. And it's very yeah. easy to be like, but I want this now. Mm -hmm. Um, so to be able to think like, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe you could have, maybe you could have gone to the Olympics, but then by now that, that would probably be over anyway, like that part of your yeah. life. Um, yeah. and so then it's like well then what do you do then you know um so yeah obviously hard but to be fair I imagine any parent would probably be the exact same <laughs> like unless like okay it would be different if you were like imagine you had made the, all of those teams and you hadn't lost then maybe you'd be like oh they actually have a chance of being really good but if it's like yeah you know I can I can see why I, I'm sure my mother would have been like the exact same in that sort of situation <laughs> you'd be like absolutely not you have to go to school <laughs> yeah no dad yeah and I think you know what like they it seemed harsh at the time but like he knew I wanted to be a vet and he knew that like like them seeing me in the state that I was like it, it was not healthy you know like I was getting so worked up all of the time about like I just not knowing what to do and honestly like, it was like three months of just just the worst like I, I was going to swimming crying I was going to school crying like I was just didn't know what to do with myself and like I wanted to I just wanted I had this vision of me just being you know like an Olympian like going and you know going to the Olympics and I, I didn't want to let that go but then yeah. I was like 
being of that is literally slipping through my fingers like yeah. like if I carry on doing this like I'm literally going to end up with neither um and I think that like missing out on that selection and that year of my A-levels where I just didn't do very well like that showed me that you know in that moment of time like I needed to make a decision yeah um so yeah and yeah I think it was the best thing I ever did but god it was it wasn't easy yeah well usually I mean those types of decisions usually feel incredibly painful when you're making them um yeah. it's afterwards that you can kind of know that I mean look it's all all worked out which is great because now you you still have that kind of like athletic pursuit I suppose yeah because yeah I imagine with swimming like you know it's probably not something then that you would have done like half-heartedly like it, it I'm sure it was like well I can't yeah. really have balance like I can't have balance if I want to be like an Olympian so it's either yeah. I do it or I don't which that is really really difficult um so yes yeah, uh but look here you are and now you're a fucking yeah. pro bodybuilder so that's way better that's way better than an Olympics. go to the Olympics <laughs> um okay amazing so then you end up obviously getting into uni getting into vet yes. medicine which is obviously a massive feat in and of itself I know even in in Ireland there's there's one course and it's very competitive to get onto. Yeah, um yeah. what's what's the process like actually in the UK do you guys do like interviews and like those kind of like aptitude tests or do you also or is it just uh, results yeah no so um all of the ones that I apply so you can only apply to like four vet med courses it might be different now but when I was there um you could like obviously with UCAS you have like five yeah. choices but you could only use four of them for like vet med okay. um so I picked my four um I went for interviews to all of them um and then at the interview you kind of go through your personal statement and uh, you either have like MMIs which are like mini multiple interviews where you go around like loads of different stations and like spend five minutes at each and they'd be like a maths one like a personality one where they see how you you know act in a situation um like just random random things really um and then on some of them you also have like a group interview where you like sit in a room around a table and they give you like a scenario at the vets and you have to like communicate with each other and figure out like just really random stuff um and then obviously if you get your offers um then it depends on you know if you get your results yeah that's so interesting it's it's so different like in Ireland like you just it's all done on results like you just apply and if you get enough points you get in now there's some courses that that's not the case like obviously doctors like you have to do aptitude tests I don't know if there's interviews though I know they were talking about bringing in an aptitude test for veterinary because they were getting they were just getting a lot of really Really? smart people who couldn't talk to other people which like you I don't know if you get that with other vets but like some of them like socially they like animals which is so fair but you unfortunately have to deal with humans as well Um, and they're like music and stuff but yeah but a lot of it's literally just like like they don't they they don't need to meet you it's like did you get the points yeah you get in um so that's, that's I can't imagine going through that at, at like 17 like all those sorts of <laughs> interviews and stuff I would have been like oh I don't know um yeah. but you got in and you're in is the Royal College of Vets yeah, that yeah been your London. first choice or and um, so yeah it was a really 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 weird one actually like it wasn't my first choice on paper like when I went to and um, so I went to all the open days to see if I'd like the unis um and before I went to the open days I was like I, I could definitely don't want to go to London like why would I want to live in London like I was busy I hate it um but when I went to the London open day like I literally walked through the uni doors and I was like wow like this is where I want to go and like from oh, that day I was like this is me like I just felt like I I don't know it was just I can't even explain yeah. it like I was like this is where I should be I just knew um so I always say to people applying to like um veterinary in particular but anywhere really like 
just go to the open days and see which one feels right like it doesn't matter which one it is like you're gonna get the same degree probably um but like for me I walked in and I was like yeah like I just knew so yeah five years in London which was amazing yeah oh my god I yeah I think that'd be really cool to actually do like five years in London at that age um because it's I mean it's a cool city yes it's massive and it's busy but like that would be pretty 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 class um okay so you're in university obviously and is that around the time where you started to get into bodybuilding yes well kind of so my first year at uni um that was the year where like I didn't really know what to do with myself so I just pretty just quit swimming um I went to uni and obviously there's all these like clubs and things on and I was like right okay like let's give some things a go so you know, me being me, I went and joined the swim team. I was like, I'm going to go again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I joined the swim team. Um, I actually did a few competitions with them. And like, it just didn't feel right. Like I went there and I did the swimming like competitions, but like, I wasn't happy because I was like, I left that I left swimming in such like a positive place in my mind. Like I left on a high, like I left when I was still relatively good and like I, I I loved the sport when I left it but then going back felt like I was trying to chase something that just wasn't there anymore um so I'd go to like my training sessions and I was like this just isn't I just can't I, I and still to this day like I don't go swimming because it's like I don't know I feel like that was a part of my life that I, I left and I was happy with where I left it and now when I go back it just I don't know I st- I'm not there yet still so um yeah I did a few competitions with them and I was like it, it's just not the same um because I can't do it the same way I used to and I, I don't like doing things I can't do properly yeah. um so then I tried what else did I try I tried the netball team that wasn't for me uh tried the hockey team no not for me um and then the end of first year is when I met Ethan and that's when I started going to the gym um but still I didn't really want to do bodybuilding I was like no don't want to do that um so I joined the rowing team <laughs> honestly I, I tried everything I, really I actually did. I joined the rowing team yeah and then I found out that they went on like these big runs and stuff and I was like I'm yeah. not doing that <laughs> Yeah, they can do like timed rows on the rowing machine in the gym, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'll be passing on that." Um, so yeah, stop that. And then I got my personal training qualification actually around about the same time. So did my level three PT with uni, um, and I started doing things like taking classes. So I took like box fit, I took like circuits and things for the uni. Um, so that kind of made me like more interest interested in the gym. Um, and I actually ran the gym in the Camden campus. So like I got to like yeah, so I actually like got to like show people how to use equipment, do their inductions and things like that. So that was the stage where I started getting more into the gym um, and obviously having Ethan as my boyfriend then as well, starting to learn more and he'd start to show me more and just general like exposure. Um, And then what happened was I, in my second year of uni, um, I taught myself, you know, okay, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. Um, And so I messaged a coach and said, can you prep me for PCA first timers in seven weeks? (laughs) no lie no I'm not even lying now and Ethan said to me he was like Zena no like you're not ready um and I was like yeah yeah Ethan I am I'm gonna message a coach he was like please don't um so Ethan was coaching at this point and so anyway I I think it was like February or something of my second year of uni and I did the stupid thing of like Zena's old habits of just being an absolute idiot messaged a coach and was like please can you prep me um I want to do this show and he was just like um I mean ideally no but if you want to then yes which again kind of just 
should, shouldn't have said that to me, no. but anyway. So he gave me a training plan straight away, put me on the Stairmaster every day, um, started my prep. <laughs> and honestly, it was an absolute disaster. Like I was not ready, Emma. Like no. honestly, it was it was a mess. And then the same thing happened as that year of my A-levels where I so my my I say my downfall is I become obsessed very quickly. So I thought to myself, you know what, I need to, I need to do exactly as he's telling me. You know, every day I was like going going to the gym doing the stem master telling myself I was going to do this bodybuilding competition in the summer um and then I got very very ill um because I was trying to do everything and I didn't at that stage still know how to balance anything um so then I ended up being in hospital actually really unwell um and then I failed my second year exams whilst trying to do bodybuilding so um yeah that was basically just the same thing has happened as my a-levels happened again Um, and do you know what it was it was that summer where I feel like I changed everything and my whole perspective um, yeah. but we'll go into that in a minute <clears throat> yeah I think that's I think that happened like that is such a typical almost character arc like you sometimes just have to really fuck it up yeah to learn you know obviously yeah. yeah people like maybe people listening to this now will be able to take your advice but sometimes <laughs> you do just have to like walk yeah. through the fire and get a bit burnt and be like ooh. I'd rather not do that again because yeah. um, I think and look like obviously I'd say most people who get into bodybuilding or even just into the gym well not most people but a lot of people they are very obsessive um because it is something that you can get very obsessive about very quickly because mm-hmm. it's all on you and you know you can go every day and you can watch YouTube videos and you can learn more about it so it is I think by yeah. nature something that like you can really like get super super <laughs> obsessed by and I think everybody has that time where they're like oh my god everything is gym and then you sort of, you yeah. know, you, you mature a little bit and like, yeah, everything is still gym, but you can also do other stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, what was that like? I mean, like what was I'm sure like in, in the hospital, that sort of moment of like, OK, something something has got to give. So what was the process then from like that point to yeah. how do I change that? Because if by nature you've always been obsessive, like it's quite hard to start breaking that down. So what was the sort of initial steps you took there? Yeah, do you know what, again, apart from, I still to this day think like deciding to quit swimming was like one of the hardest things I ever did. But that second year at uni, like honestly, like the people that knew me, like I was broken. Like I genuinely was broken, like to the point where like my mental health was absolutely in the gutters. Like, you know, the worst things you can think of, I I was thinking them. Um, I was in, I was so unwell and it was just before my second year exams. Um, so I was trying to revise in the hospital obviously in my brain I kept thinking okay when can I start like my coaching or my prep again just being like just stupid with everything and even Ethan was like Z like you actually just need to sort yourself out um so anyway I was trying to revise for these exams and I just just didn't I was just a mess honestly um so anyway I sat my exams and did them and then like a week later I had what we call like an oral exam so um you go into the uni and you know you have to stand in front of an animal or uh, whatever diagram and explain it to whoever's assessing you um and in that week between my written exams and that oral exam like I did no work I was like I don't even care anymore I don't want to be a vet like I just don't even want to do anything um and then I just yep did nothing that week went into my oral literally absolutely flopped it and then got my A level, um, my A level, got my results for that year of uni and I failed by one mark. Um, so then that was in, yeah, so that was in the summer. 
Um, and then what happened was they gave me the option to resit my exams like at the end of summer to carry on yeah. with my year. Um, and then obviously if you then fail those resets, you have to reset the year. So um, I was like, right, okay. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, going to revise my resets. And it was at that moment that I was like, I was literally in the worst place I'd ever been. Um, and I remember sitting down with my parents in the garden because my biggest fear growing up was that they would be disappointed in me. Um, and if I failed that it, they would be the ones that were like disappointed and, you know, everything I did, I almost did it for them. Um, yeah. which now growing up realized was like such the wrong, the wrong thing to do. Um, uh, but I was always just like, I want to make them proud. Um, and I thought the only way of making them proud was obviously doing well in my exams. Um, so I remember sitting down in the garden with my parents after I failed and they were like, Zena, like, we just want you to be happy. Like, it doesn't matter like what result you get on paper. It doesn't matter what exam you pass. It doesn't matter what degree you get. Like, all we want is our daughter just to be our daughter again, you know, just to be happy, just to, you know, enjoy your life. Like, you know, exams are just something on a piece of paper. You know, if you, if you want to leave uni and do something that makes you happy, like, and that was the first time in my life where I thought, you know what, they actually like, they just want me to be me um, rather than me to just be that person that passes every single exam. Um, and you know what, then that was actually my 21st birthday, um, like the week after. And that's when I got Zeus. Um, so, oh. yeah, so I know. So everyone's like kind of like, why is Zeus so special? And he came just at the time where like I was yeah. literally the worst I, I had ever been before. Um, and then Zeus came into my life and, Aww. you know, we sat together like every single day then that summer. Um, so he obviously was a puppy, so he wasn't allowed out for a walk. So I sat with him every day and just like revised, but revised differently. Like I revised with the thing of like, I want to revise because I just want to be a vet. Like I want to be yeah. a better vet, I do, not because I want to pass the exam. And I think that summer then just my whole mindset changed of like, I'm doing this because I want to learn. I want to be able to help animals. I'm not doing it to pass a test. Yeah. And I think that's when like, for me, like that really like, since that day, like everything has like changed in my mind because it's like, you know what? Like we go to uni, we do us, we do this, we push ourselves. But like at the end of the day, the stuff you're learning, it's not to pass a test. It's it's to be better at what you do. Um, so yeah, me and Zuzi sat every single day. We revised together. Um, and then I went, resat, um, actually smashed my resits. And I was like, wow, like I actually feel like something is different, you know? Yeah. And I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know, I, probably the conversation with my parents, but like from that day, like then I just learned like when I'm revising, like it's literally just like, because I want to be better for me. Um, yeah. And you know, if I was having a day where revision wasn't going that well, I'd stop. I'd go and do something different and I'd come back because there's nothing worse than me sitting there for five hours like and nothing's going in. Um, so I think just, yeah, like quality over quantity as well. Learning, learning that was a big thing for me. Yeah, I think um, that's like such a big symptom of just the education system. Like yeah. it's exact same in, in the Irish education system. It's all just like study for the exam, like rote learn everything. And yeah. it was the same in, in, in a university. Like I was in that trap of like, oh, I just need to learn learn this information for the exam and then I remember I think it was actually it was in our third and fourth years because that was COVID we had like all the, the exams were different because they had to do them all online yeah. so they were much more like testing your understanding and I, I was the exact mm -hmm. same I was revising stuff and I was like oh I actually have to understand what this means yeah. like it's better if I just say like because you, you get like that you're like I'll just riff off this like pathway or whatever and then you're yeah. like oh it doesn't matter um yeah. But yeah, I love that as well that uh, Zeus came into your life then. Um, <laughs> dogs are the best thing ever. And he's so gorgeous. If anybody needs to go and just see an, a beautiful, beautiful dog, just go and see his Instagram and have a look at <laughs> Zeus. He's amazing. Um, so around that time then, you're obviously 
changing your mindset around like studying and all that sort of stuff and obviously realizing okay I actually really want to be a vet were you was fitness put on the back burner then did you sort of leave the gym for a while or were you still trying to slowly like get into that yeah so I mean during that summer like I still kept up my training um but it was a lot less like pressure than it was before so what I do was like you know, when I had done the, the work that I wanted to do for the day, I'd just go to the gym and just enjoy my session um, because I was like, you know, I'm lucky to be able to train. Um, and this is a break from work. You know, it wasn't that I'm training to be a bodybuilder. It was like, I'm training because I love to train and it does make me, you know, you know, it gives me a break from from studying. So yeah, I still went to the gym. Um, I'd go sometimes with Ethan or sometimes on my own, depending on when it fit into my day. Um, and then, yeah, I kept training. Um did my exams and then I got a new coach that December so after kind of five or six months um after the first so yeah like I still kept training but I only really got a coach again when like I was happy in like my day-to-day yeah and obviously at this point ready to go back to bodybuilding (laughs) not scared and so in terms of your approach then say when you were back in university then um what did you sort of learn about balancing the two um and maybe like this would be a good time if you had any maybe if you could go back and even give yourself advice or if there's anybody listening to this who is in university and they are trying to like balance you know fitness with their studies as well as maybe like socializing I think that's a big thing as well obviously like and you know I can sometimes talk about that a little bit because I was definitely I was mental when I was in university at first I was like the one who was out every weekend and I still went to the gym but like you know it wasn't I wasn't looking the way I look now and you know obviously when I got older I kind of was less balanced but um yeah what would be maybe some of the the changes you made then in order to have that bit more balance and then maybe we can chat a bit about like advice etc yeah no definitely so I mean I think the biggest thing like that I learned which you probably found the same as you got older as well was it's okay to say no um because half of the time like you know when you're living in a house of people even if you don't want to do something you say yes because you're like oh well, you know they're gonna think I'm boring or I have to do everything or you know like I really don't want to go to the pub but you know, I don't want to be that person that says no like it's actually fine like, you can say no you don't you literally don't have to do everything and I think when you know that you're doing more than one thing or more than a typical person does so for example sport and uni like you have to be more kind of like okay what do I actually want to do in this moment and I always say you know especially for people that do a three-year degree like that is an opportunity for you to just enjoy yourself don't put so much pressure on you know your prep or your bodybuilding like I think it's slightly different for me because it's a five-year degree like it's a long time um but like you know if, if people are going out and you actually do want to go like go and do it and you know you can work around that um but where I was falling into the trap was like I didn't want to go but I would go anyway um and you know what I'm gonna fully credit Ethan for this like he's probably the one that taught me like it is okay to say no and you don't have to your friends the people that will be true friends like they won't mind you saying no because they know like that's what that's what's best for you right now so I think you know, I, I'd go to uni with my friends um, on days where they were like, okay, we're going out, we're going on a night out this day. I'd be like, right, okay, like I'll make sure I train in the morning or I'll work my weeks so that I train the day before and have a rest day so I can go with you. Um, but then say they were saying like, oh, we're going to go out for dinner tonight and I didn't really want to go. Then I would stay on my meal plan and say no, like I wouldn't go for yeah. the sake of it. Um, and I think that in itself gives you like 
so much more balanced than saying yes to everything like understanding that you know you don't have to do everything um was like a big turning point for me being able to balance stuff um but yeah I mean what I do is like just remind myself like my priority was university and and you know in any education I think it should be your priority at that point in time but that doesn't mean you can't do other things um but when it comes to things like exams like you do need to remind yourself that like you know you're here for a purpose and and the gym does have to go on a back burner in those moments but equally you know when you're in like if you get half terms at uni or you get summers off like that's when you can shift your focus and be like right like I'm going to give more to bodybuilding like at this point in time and throughout uni like you know it is hard when you compare yourself to people on social media because you know you're comparing yourself to people that have maybe already been through that you know like people have already done that and you're looking at them thinking like right okay they've got their stuff together like they never go out they never go out for food they've probably already done that you know like you and me like we've had our fair share of nights out and you know even even though I don't do that right now like don't get me wrong like I was out every single day in first year pretty much (laughs) (laughs) yeah I that's that like and I I I it's something I just say especially I've got a few clients who are younger um, and especially a few who are younger who maybe in the future want to bodybuild and I just say to them all the time like it's great that you have this goal but you have to enjoy your life right now because I would like if I if you said to me like okay I'm 27 now I'll get I'll give you a pro card but you have to give up those years that you had fun fuck no I'm taking no, the I nights would, out yeah. 100% like Definitely. oh my god who cares like those are the, like you know the, like it's such funny memories or just they shape me as a person so I do think like when you're younger and look obviously with social media and you do see other people who are maybe your age or even younger and they're like so far ahead of you it's like okay if that's what makes them happy like that's amazing but you know yeah. I knew in that moment same as you was like I knew that you know when I was a bit younger I wanted to have fun and then as I mm-hmm. got older it was the, it was the exact same like because I dropped out and went back I was already like a bit older than everybody in my class yeah. and I had no issues with being like no I don't like I don't want to go out on this like yeah. random night out that yeah. to the same club that you guys go to I was like I'm okay <laughs> like thank you I'll go out for lunch with you but like yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think that just comes from just like confidence like so like I think by nature it sounds like you're not really a people pleaser I would be the same like yeah I like you know I like having fun but you know I'm not always going to change my actions for other people and that's obviously yeah. something that not everybody has but it's something to work towards I think because it helps when you're I think when you're assured in your goals it's so much easier yeah, to do definitely. that because you're like well I know yeah okay it might be a bit uncomfortable and other people might think I'm weird and that I'm boring and yeah like I am like I, yeah. I know I'm really boring so I actually don't mind if other yeah. people think that because like I'll hold yeah. my hands up I go to bed at 9 p.m <laughs> like I'm not gonna stand here and be like yeah I'm Miss Captain Fun um yeah. but yeah I think that's good I think like even for people like bodybuilding aside because obviously there might be a lot of people listening to this who are they're just students and maybe they just want to like be healthier and fitter yeah I think it is just kind of deciding what like your values are um and then and and then I think as well it's just like being realistic with your expectations like if you want to go out every single week and still go to the gym like you can do both those things it's just understanding like you're probably not going to look like a fitness model you're probably not going to look like a bodybuilder because like you don't need to anyway and even if you're just going to the gym and eating well most of the time you're still gonna be in pretty decent nick like you're not gonna look like someone who things but yeah I think it's just understanding like just making your choices and yeah, understanding that and then obviously like it's it's all the basic shit that people talk about all the time but like you know be organized like use a calendar mm-hmm. 
and actually decide like you were saying there if I know I'm going out on Thursday well I'm not going to try and train on Friday because that's probably yeah. not a good idea or exactly. if I have an exam on Friday I'm not going to go out on Thursday because that might yeah. not be a good idea um yeah I live and die by the calendar um oh, that was just I something that. I always did yeah when I was yeah. in university I'd like every Sunday I'd be like looking at my timetable because I had I don't know if you had this like yeah. timetables that change all the time so yeah. it was like lectures at random times so it's like well I have to sit down and figure out okay where do I have the gaps where can I go to the gym exactly Sunday yeah. evenings Sunday evenings was literally like just meal prep like the whole week with the food and you just got get you just get used to it like yeah. you just get used to that um it's like yeah okay maybe I'm carrying around a backpack that's got like four meals in it but it's fine it's fine and you know what that's such a good point though because like there's another thing where like at university what I would do is like literally just look at my schedule for the week and like if I had a day where it was even from like 8 a.m till 8 p.m like that is not a day that you're gonna train and like that's okay you know like I would move my sessions around like at the end of the day like there is no point in you going to the gym and it just being pointless or like you being exhausted because you're not getting anything out of that like you're not earning any points for going to the gym and not being able to do like anything whereas like if you had just changed your organization around even if you have to do two sessions like two days running that ideally you wouldn't they're probably still going to be better than after a 12-hour day yeah no 1000% I think like it's it's the simplest thing ever like literally just looking at your calendar but yeah people don't do it (laughs) or they do it on the day and it's like oh like literally It's like just just take 10 minutes 10 minutes to just see like where do I have to be and when like what wh- and what do I have to do and stuff um yeah I think like in in general when it comes to like the kind of fitness university it is just everything we've just said there like sometimes you have to plan ahead prep ahead yeah also you save money doing that too I don't care what anybody says if you're not yeah. buying your lunch like I'm sure if, if you're buying your lunch in London every single day it's probably like <laughs> you need a mortgage for that so you know yes. you're almost saving saving your own money um and then just like being realistic with those expectations but then when it did come to obviously the prep and bodybuilding yeah. now obviously I know that was a COVID year and I know myself <laughs> yeah. I know myself, you know, actually being a bodybuilder during COVID times in university <laughs> was probably the easiest thing ever because yeah. <laughs> we did everything from home. But, um, you know, I'm sure there were still some challenges and stuff like that. So, yeah, what was, you know, what kind of made you decide that like that was going to be the year? Because as far as I remember, you were competing that year anyway, like before yeah. before, before COVID, COVID happened. So what did you kind of take into consideration <laughs> when you were making that decision of like, I'm going to do it? Because I know, you know, for, like I can, from my experience, like I knew because I started working with AJ in 2020 I said like I'm not doing this until I finish because I had third and fourth year but like what was it that kind of made you think that was going to be the year for you obviously maybe you were just foreshadowing maybe you knew that COVID was going (laughs) to happen yeah um for me so like like I said earlier quickly like my course was five years long um and each at the at the London vet school so all the vet schools do it differently but for me I had to look at like when in those five years was like the best time that I could do a prep based on like what what the university like structure is so for me like second year was an awful decision and you know it took me learn absolutely messing that up to realize that that was a stupid idea but um after that and after I kind of got my head screwed back on I was like I do still want to do a bodybuilding prep um but like I'm not 100% sure when so for me third year um in my university third year is mainly lectures and um, there's not that much practical um and there's quite a lot of time off for you to do like your own placement so I knew in my head that I could be at home for those um whereas in my fourth and fifth year uh, my fourth year is rotation so every single 
two weeks you change and go to a new place and some of those aren't at uni some of those you have to go and stay away um and I knew like that would be so mentally demanding for me um and there those rotations go like they roll straight through from fourth year all the way into like um April of fifth year and then you have your final exams in fifth year which are the biggest exams of your vet school like (laughs) they are finals you know so for me I was like it's either I prep in third year or I wait till I'm finished um and you know I'd still say to this day like me being the stubborn person I am obviously I didn't want to wait another three years and you know maybe I don't know I'm I'm still glad I made that decision um but you know if I was a coach now and I was telling someone else I would say if you can wait maybe maybe you know maybe it's better who knows who knows at the end of the day um but anyway it was the best year in my schedule because I knew I could be more flexible and like you like I don't know even without COVID, like I knew that I could watch my lectures at any time. So um, all of our lectures, yeah. So all of our lectures at vet school get recorded. So um, even if like the way my day works out means that it it works for me to miss one and watch it at home, like, you know, I try not to do it, but I knew that was a possibility. So whereas like when you're doing um, your rotations, like you have to be there all day. And, you know, if you have to stay late, you have to stay late. Like there is no, there's no, there's no option, you know, can't fit in a nap in those days. So um yeah decided that and then COVID hit and I was you know my typical stubborn tendencies I was like you know I'm still gonna prep um so prep pretty much the first like five months in my garden um and I think the only people say now like how did you do it um but like you never knew when the gyms were going to open so it wasn't like someone said to me okay you're starting prep in March the gyms are opening in August because like it was always like oh maybe they'll open next week and that just happened for like four months you know I have PTSD (laughs) thinking about that it was honestly the (laughs) it was that the teasing the constant teasing of like yeah we're gonna see in two weeks and then two weeks comes they're like no (laughs) you guys got lucky though because you guys got the gym open way before we did an Ireland yeah and I was even more lucky because Wales didn't open their gyms but I had my London house so I was like you know scooting on the M4 down to my London house with Ethan and we were like yes (laughs) and then when England shut their gyms and Wales opened we drove back home so like (laughs) well that's 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 like us we were like (laughs) we like moved to Spain to get into the gyms and then they closed the gym the gyms where we were in Spain so we like flew down to back. yeah and we were like I was like I'm just chasing the gyms at this point yeah. like no shame like fully I know yeah, yeah. fully you know, just fully being illegal really you yeah know? oh yeah I'm trying to get yeah. myself in the gym um but yeah I mean it, it just happened and that that prep was strange because it was my first prep I'd never ever been to watch a bodybuilding show and I was like didn't even have a clue what to expect but that was kind of nice I was oblivious like yeah. I just I was just loving life, like, you know, doing my weights in the garden, watching my lectures online, like, chilling with Zeus, like, it was just so chilled, like, it, yeah. it was, and, you know, that prep was a lot, like, more taxing, I, I, I didn't do any cardio in, in, in last year's prep, but the first prep, I, like, had cardio every single day, so it was, like, even just being able to fit that in, like, it was really nice, like, I kind of, yeah, I, it was really nice, to be fair. Yeah, I think I, your first prep is, so, it's so novel because everything's yeah. so new and you're just like oh my god yeah. this class but I, I do think like being like being in university it can it can almost be like the perfect yeah time because actually yeah. like obviously you're stressed about doing well like that and, yeah. and you should be stressed or like you know you should be concerned about that but like your actual life stress is so much lower because like you just yeah. Like you're just you've got a few lectures. Like lectures day, it's so different to like the yeah. real world. You're probably not worried about like 
like I don't know like the economic crisis and because you're just like in uni like you're just chilling yeah. obviously I know that's not the case for everybody and it's like a very privileged position and stands to have but like yeah. you know, for a lot of people like like especially that's a time where you can make so much progress even yeah. if it's just in an off season because yeah. stress is low you're just training you're just eating you know maybe your mom's mm-hmm. cooking for you like it is really really handy um but yeah so you stepped on stage and what was that like for the first time uh, obviously yeah. obviously it was I remember it because I was watching was it the UK the FBA like live stream yeah yeah I remember yeah. watching that and, and watching you and I was like there's no way she's not gonna win um <laughs> but like yeah what was that like the kind of COVID show experience I yeah. feel like it's probably really weird having no crowd you know what like it was but like I said like I'd never been to a show yeah. and I'd never competed at a show so I actually had no idea what what it should have been like I, I went there and my first show was the PCA and that oh, one yeah. I managed to get um my parents tickets and Ethan a ticket so those three came and like I'm not gonna lie I couldn't see anything anyway like I especially at PCA like because of the lighting they use like I was on stage I couldn't even see anything like I yeah. could hear people shouting but like yeah I, I couldn't see anything and you know what like I walked out onto stage and you know how they don't tell you to hit your first pose that like, yeah. I just stood there and they were like caught in and I went I was like oh I haven't even done my front pose yet like it was that's, a mess but like it was, yeah it was so much fun like I did have like the best day um and then actually that peak week before that UK FBA show I was so unwell like I couldn't get out of bed like I didn't really tell anyone this but like literally just so ill um and then I was like and um, my coach at the time was like you know I don't think you should do the show and I was like I am doing it like there is absolutely nothing that will stop me getting on that stage like yeah. no chance like, I've prepped through COVID like I'm getting on there even if I have COVID I'm getting on there I, like, I don't even care um and like the night before that UK FBA show like I actually couldn't even get out of the bed like even had to go and like make my food and stuff um I nearly passed out on the stage but after that it was fine like I don't know what it was um so that one I can't lie that wasn't the best experience because I felt so ill um and then my last show of that year was the NFM which I was better for and and, you know that was absolutely incredible I had the best the best day there so yeah it was a nice little season I think three shows was enough for me um and then back into off season yeah okay amazing and so then obviously you go into fourth and fifth year and then you know I think I'm sure at this point you probably you've learned how to like balance bodybuilding and uh life or not even life like university um is there anything else you maybe learned in that sort of period um of like how to manage both these things because I'm sure actually being on rotation that was probably quite difficult like is there any words maybe if there is any like budding young vets listening to this is there any Mm -hmm. words words of advice you'd give there oh god it's a hard one isn't it like I think similar to what we've said about planning your days like that was so crucial for me when I was doing my rotations um and just like trying not to be stressed if I wasn't being like the best bodybuilder in the world or the best like you said like even for just general gym people like if you did have like a really long day like not feeling guilty about you know changing my session to a different day and just making sure you know like I go with all my meals prepped and I think like the biggest thing with uni and doing a sport is trying to stay on top of your work so like for us like for rotations and stuff like you have to do notes you have to do like things before and after and just trying to be organized and you know it's discipline everything you do is discipline and like even though the Sunday before my rotation like I wouldn't want to sit there and look at my laptop I was like 
I know that if I don't do this, I'm just going to be playing catch up. So it's telling yourself, like, sit down for one hour, like, just just start, you know. I think the hardest part in anything is just, like, starting. So, like, sitting down and being, like, you know, in your head, for example, even just, like, tidying your bedroom. Like, you don't want to do it. But when you start, it's, it's really not that bad, you know. Like, every day I'm like, I need to tidy my room. And I'm like, oh, I just, but then once you've started, so, like, my tip is, like, set and, like, just set a timer where, like, if you start, like, just get to that time. And to be honest, you'll probably carry on after it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> that's the, the tidying the room or just even cleaning in general. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm the worst. Like, Shane hates me. <laughs> Shane's really tidy. But, like, it's like that. Like, you're looking at it and you're like, I can't. Like, this could be yeah. so hard. And then once you start, like, once I start, I'm like, oh, my God, I love it. Like, I love yeah, you. <laughs> and it's like, who, what's wrong with me? I, yeah. I, I, I always say, like, I just gaslight myself I'm just like yeah. I love this this is so easy like this in the morning so if I have to do my cardio I'm like I love cardio I love it but um yeah. yeah I mean with rotations like I honestly just just try and absorb yourself into them or like you know if you're doing something in uni where like you need to work so hard to get there like just try and enjoy it um and one thing I was trying to learn um you know in my last few years of uni is like be present in what you're doing in that moment so like my like one of my problems before was like when I'd be in uni I'd be thinking of the gym and when I was revising I'd be thinking of the gym but then when I was in the gym I'd be thinking of like oh I didn't do this for work or I didn't do this in uni or I need to do this notes but like I was never ever present in like anything that I was doing so I set myself the like goal of like when I'm in uni like I am in uni like I'm here for this I'm doing this and then when I leave uni, I can leave uni there, you know? And then when I go to the gym, like, I'm there to train. Like, I'm not there to think about anything else. And I'd, like, make myself not think about uni. Like, I've seen people, like, logging on to, like, uni stuff while they're in the gym. And I'm just, like, it's pointless. Like, it actually yeah. is because you're just, your brain is never, ever being able to switch off. Um, and that was another thing I learned in that, like, second year resets was, like, if I was going to revise, like, I'd give myself, I'd set a timer and I'd be, like, for this amount of time, like, all I'm allowed to think about is this revision. As soon as that goes off, I can do something else, you know, um, and just boxing off your time. And, you know, it, it makes you realize that if you just focus on what you're doing, you can do it so much better than if you're trying to do a million things at once. Yeah. Yeah. Co- co- is it compartmentalizing? <clears throat> that would be the word that I would use there. Yeah. Like, it's almost like where you, you, you almost like have like different alter egos for like different places you are. Yeah. So I'm sure like you in your head, you're like, I'm Zena the Vet or... I'm yeah. seeing the bodybuilder um, or like even just like I'm seeing the normal person who like doesn't do either of those things, you know, and like it's it's nice to do those things. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that does really, really help. Um, That's definitely something I did a lot as well when I was in university mm-hmm. is like if I'm studying, I'm studying. Yeah. And if I'm in the gym, I'm in the gym. And it's like that's a skill that you have to develop. But I think like the first thing, the first step with anything like that is actually being aware that you're doing it in the first place. Because yeah, a lot of definitely. people won't even notice that they're like getting themselves get distracted. So it's like if you notice you're sort of trying to multitask, like just stop, stop. Yeah, exactly. one thing um okay so why don't we then move on to we're kind of coming up we're coming up to the end of the story yeah, we're getting so, there yeah is, order. <laughs> yes 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 so obviously you graduate yeah. and get a job as a vet and <laughs> what and obviously your first as far as I remember your first year of working you weren't prepping and then it was the yeah. second year yeah. yeah so obviously I'm sure that was like a very conscious decision of yeah I don't want to prep in my first year of working in a very demanding job yeah, 100% and I yeah. think that's like you know when you asked earlier about planning that was another thing that like 
I, I plan to do because, yeah. you know, I, I thought about competing that like final year um, or even like the first year of graduating. But you know what? Like I'm human and I just wanted some of my life. Like I spent I spent the last 10 years pretty much between GCSE and A-levels and my research, like 10 years it took me to graduate. And I was like, I don't want to graduate having meal prep I want to go on a holiday with my friends like I want to go on a holiday with my family like I want to be able to celebrate and like I'm so glad I did that like your graduation is such a special moment and for me like having that with everyone no worries about anything in the world like it was just such an incredible time so like that for me like I was never gonna prep that year because like I always told myself like that was like my year just to like just just go and do something different um and then yeah like my first year as a new graduate like the same with any new job um with anything that you do like when you start like your learning curve is so high and like it's tiring like day to day like you have to think about the decisions you make you're trying to fit into a new team like you know people don't know you yet and to go into that sort of environment like with any job and start a prep straight away like that is not setting yourself up for a successful prep in my opinion because it's like you have so much already on your plate like why add something else um so yeah the plan for me was always just to kind of settle into just being a vet and fully absorb myself in that while still training obviously like you can train and do that thing um you just can't like I just don't think you could have prepped whilst doing it or not as well anyway um and then yeah um once I'd settled in um I knew kind of the next year which is obviously last year was was when I was going to do the prep and what did you sort of learn I'm sure that first year even though yes you were fully focusing on being a vet you weren't prepping I'm sure you were taking a lot of time to sort of develop your routine and sort of understand like how am I actually going to navigate first of all training like even as in an off season um so what did you kind of learn then or what were the some what what were some of the most challenging aspects of that I suppose from changing from changing from being a uni to actually working so I think like the biggest change that I made was I don't know when when you train but when I was in uni I would train in the evening um so I'd I'd, you know I'd do my full day at uni um and then I knew like at uni like I knew what time I'd be finished so um I'd come home like sometimes have like a quick nap like I I am an elite power napper like that is a skill that I have nailed down um so I sometimes have a quick nap and then I'd go and train um because for me like that was my social um especially the back end of uni like the same crowd was in the gym every night like 8 till 10 p.m we'd all be in there like it was my social but also what I like I just loved the love training then um but then like um after uni setting into my job because because the nature of the profession like you never really know exactly when you're going to be finished like at the end of the day like if an emergency surgery comes in you can't be like sorry guys I'm going to the gym you know like you have to stay and do it so I knew for me like I needed to change to training in the morning because otherwise like I know that I would spend my whole day thinking about my session and that wouldn't allow me to like focus on what I was doing and I'd get stressed if I had to stay late and you know what like when you're setting into a new job like you do just need to take the loss sometimes and stay over and you know just really you know just actually be there like present in your mind so um I changed my training schedule so I started training before work so getting up at like five-ish um which obviously then meant I had to change my sleeping schedule but also like changing like when you're meal prepping and everything like that um so for me that was like the biggest change um but yeah like and then once you feel like one or two weeks and you get settled into a routine no matter what you're doing don't you um so yeah um and then yeah just carried carried on really 
Yeah, I think that's a piece of advice I give to everybody if they can like train before work because yeah. I would be the same as you if if I was in college university and I knew I had to train in the evening I would just think about it all day yeah. and also yeah. like the likelihood I know like for maybe for people like us you're not gonna not go but for yeah. someone who maybe you know they the gym's fine they don't love it yeah. the likelihood of you convincing yourself not to go oh, yeah. and finding an excuse is so high whereas yeah. if you just have it done in the morning it's exactly. it's just done and you can just you feel, feel I love it like I always did that when I was working in university it's like yeah. I'd rather train at 5 a.m than 5 p.m yeah. because I just know then that it's finished and yeah you just have the sense of like okay I've ticked that box and yeah. then I can move about the rest of the day and be fully focused and fully engaged um yeah. and you also then like you do get your evenings which is something yeah. now I think back and like maybe if I was did that in uni like I'd have more time with my friends in the evening but yeah. like now like my gym session's done I know like after work like I can relax like I don't yeah. have to do anything else like my steps are done my my gym's done like I can just spend the evening like actually switching off which is something that I never really did before like now I can just actually just watch the tv or something yeah which is yeah no 100% I think that's actually that's a really good point yeah you get to relax yeah um, which is really nice um so one thing I actually did want to ask you about before we dive into prepping alongside working full-time is um because I had a few questions about this like night shifts is that something that you would have had a lot of experience with working in kind of emergency surgeries and stuff like that yeah, so I, I did a, my fair share of night shifts um, as a new graduate as well, which you know what, like they were pretty tough. So the way my job worked was when I started doing my night shifts, like it was just me. Like I had no one to back up. Like um, I'd be on my own, um, no one on call, nothing like that. Obviously, like if you're lucky, someone may answer a text, but like no one's answering at 3 a.m. So um, my night shifts were from 5 p.m. till 8 a.m. Um, and then during that time, like so the way it worked for us is from like five to like 10 you pretty much had to like finish off the consults for the day um like check on all of the patients that were staying in hospital so um our hospital is like 24 7 so um if any any patients weren't like stable enough to go home you'd like be the one looking after them sorting out their medications and things like that um and then you're like technically on call um but I'd always stay in the hospital just because my anxiety doesn't let me leave you know I was like there's no way I can go home and sleep peacefully knowing that my phone may ring so I ended up staying in the hospital but um it's kind of just making sure like you develop like again a no a no a, like a new routine for that shift uh, and mine were like sporadic so I'd have like one night shift then go back into day shifts um whereas at uni I'd have like a run of night shift so um I don't know if you see my reel or if anyone listens to this have seen my reel but there are like a few things that like, I would just try and do um do you want me to go into those yeah yeah go ahead Every just day. uh just always nice yeah. For, yeah have an idea yeah yeah no definitely so I mean so like most of those night shifts were when I was on prep. So um, how I would do my days is like the day of a night shift, I'd wake up in the morning. Um, I would try and make that day a training day so that I didn't have to train the next day because yeah. I think like you don't know what's going to come in on that night shift. Like you may get sleep, you may get no sleep, but like, you just don't really know. So if I can get make the day before a training day, I will. Um, I'll go train, um, come back and try and have a nap before the shift. Um, I'll also like push all my meals back a little bit um, just so that like instead of finishing eating at like 8, 9 p.m. I would have one more meal at like 11 p.m., 12 a.m. just in yeah. case I need to like stay awake. Um, yeah. So I'd push all my meals back. 
Um, I'd also push like my my caffeine cut off back a little bit, but not too much. So like stop having coffee around 4 p.m. Um, and then I'd start my shift at five. Um, by that point, obviously, like I'd have done my steps, but like if you're not if you're not trying to hit a step target, you're not on prep, then like by that point, you probably would have just done like a normal amount anyway. But I would just make sure that they were done for prep. So if anyone is doing like prep and night shifts, like just make sure your steps are done before you go, unless you have a very active job. Um, because it's nothing worse than like that being another stressor on top of the yeah. shift. Um, <clears throat> and then like during the night shift, what I do is just like if I could sleep at any point, then I would like, even sometimes like I'd have like a patient coming down at like, say for example, it was, it was 2am and they were like, Oh, we'll be there in an hour. It's like, instead of thinking like, what's the point in going to sleep? It's like, that's still an hour of sleep you can bank. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like knowing that, I don't know, you have to give meds in like 45 minutes. Like it's still like 40 minutes and it is broken sleep. It's never going to be the same, but if you can get any sleep on your night shift, like I would just bank your hours. Like, because you will feel better in the long run yeah. and then what I do the next day is um I'd come home and either just like walk the dog and then have a nap um or um go straight to bed depending on how tired I was but I often found like when it got light in the mornings like I wouldn't be able to just go home and yeah. go to sleep so I'd like do what I needed to do for that morning um have my like breakfast or walk the dog and then have a nap and then just try and like push myself back onto normal daytimes um, and it worked all right yeah yeah I think um it is when you have those like alternating day shifts like I actually yeah. think that's worse yeah, than I agree, yeah. The, like a week because at least if you have a week like you can get into some sort of a rhythm yeah. but if it's like randomly like oh mm-hmm. now you have to stay awake all night that is tough but I think those are yeah. really good tips and I think like again it's uh, even with when it comes to food it's um a big one is like just don't eat during yeah. that like don't yeah, no because well like you won't digest it properly like your digestive system is not set up to do that um during biological night but like you'll just you'll feel crappy and then I think uh, I know with clients a lot of them get confused because they say if they're tracking they're like when should I track this food and I'm like I'm like stop thinking about it in like calendar days and I'm like just think about like that 24 hour period because you're gonna get yourself I'm like just you'll be fine (laughs) like it's yeah yeah. um but it is definitely no, I was just going to say that like, that was one of the things like Brian said to me on my prep was like, instead of making it like a 24 hour day, make it like a 48 hour day. So yeah. like I I obviously, you know, stubborn Zena still did it as like 24 hour days and I'd finish my meals and my steps by midnight. But like he was like, you know, if you get past midnight and you have steps left or, you know, your your meals and things like your body doesn't actually know what day yeah. it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as long as you're not just like eating like extra or whatever, like you can have like a 48 hour clock. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like I would probably be similar to you. I'd be like, no, the clock says that, but it is, <laughs> that is a smart way of thinking about it, I think. And um, cause it, cause even I know, um, say I've, you know, some, uh, I was going to say nurses, paramedics that's the word I was like what is it when they're on uh, the ambulance <laughs> paramedics and like say if they like come off a night shift and they they sleep for a lot of the day they end up eating like 900 calories and they're like what do I do and I'm like no you're, I was like you're thinking about it wrong like you want to think about like that day plus maybe the day before or the day after and just think about like have I kind of eaten at like every three hours if I've done that yeah. like I'm fine nice. um but yeah I think those are some really really good chefs, uh, tips even I think that get your training done before and your yeah. steps and like don't like I've had clients before like yeah I'll train after I come off my night shift I'm like no you won't (laughs) like you won't do that and if you try and do it it's gonna be a crap session so unless it's absolutely necessary 
yeah yeah yeah. like once or twice like I had to because I was like the way the way my week was or the way my sessions lined up like I had to but what I did was like if I napped on my night shift then like if or if I got like at least a decent amount of sleep I'd like make sure I'd have my meal ready with me to go straight to the gym um if I didn't get any sleep I would not go to the gym unless I'd like slept before or ate before you know like like it's not ideal but then if you have to just make sure you've either slept or eaten because otherwise it's literally pointless yeah and I think as well being strategic with which session you do like I could yeah. easily do like an upper body or a push session yeah. like that if, like no like no yeah. you, need to, you gotta protect like <laughs> if it's a leg day you need to make sure you're actually like well rested so yeah I think just again and what that comes back to planning, <laughs> planning the week. literally yeah. like everything <laughs> I am a broken record like so much time. I'm like I'm like have you used google calendar but it's seriously or just anything like even a pen and paper and just write down yeah. these things I'm, I'm just, so old-fashioned I have like the big year wall calendar I love that every year so I can see the whole year yeah like, I I ne- I'm well I didn't even know how to set up this computer for this meeting like I am not good at technology like I'm so old-fashioned and like yeah. you see my uni room pictures like every single year Zena will have a January to December year calendar on the wall no pages just stuck and yeah. that's my life I did it last year for prep like it was amazing no I I love that <laughs> I remember I think I bought one I don't know if it was this year or last year but then I couldn't I had nowhere to put it or like I couldn't I tried to put it on the wall and I kept like falling down um but I do I think like vis- like visualizing Visual, and some people yeah. like yeah it, that doesn't matter again you you might be like a Xena who needs pen and paper I love Google Calendar I like col- like if it's color-coded even better yeah, but just anything like because if you don't like plan your weeks like they they go by and next thing you're like oh shit I didn't do anything I was meant to do or yeah. you know I, I'm, I'm a session down or I don't have my meals prepped and then it's like it's your fault like I think it yeah. was Christian I heard say this before he was like time management is actually just a choice like being organized yeah. it's a choice because you have yeah. people who are like I'm so unorganized it's like you're choosing to to be that way like yeah. you know sorry like it's, not, it's actually not a personality trait I, yeah, it's a skill you know yeah. Um, yeah. And like you know what like you can't help people if they can't help themselves do you yeah. know what I mean like, I like we can give people tips we can say like how we've messed up we can say what we've learned but like at the end of the day like it has to come from you and like if you don't want to be organized like you will never be organized you know yeah. you have to want to be um like you said like it is literally just a choice yeah truth so in terms of then that this this final prep which was obviously again mm-hmm. very very successful it's very long um but it was very <laughs> successful yes is there anything that you learned about <clears throat> doing this alongside working full-time that maybe you will do differently next time or that you wish you had known um yeah. or that maybe if somebody's listening to this and they you know they also have like a full-time job and they're super busy and they don't have the luxury of organizing their calendar like someone like me does um what would you say to them or what would you say to future you or even past you yeah I mean I'd say like the biggest thing that I learned from last year's prep is like give yourself enough time like the the the, especially if you're working a full-time job the last thing you want to do with a prep is play catch up um like for me like even though we always talk about like how long that prep was like it was an easy prep and I'm not gonna lie like Brian will tell you like every single week my body did exactly what it should have like we we didn't make a change the whole prep until the last month like the entire prep not a single change I know like, oh my god I know we didn't make one change and people are like what like honestly like we started our prep in February like Brian gave me my start in macros um no cardio um same steps everything and until August so like 
I, I can't do quick maths, but like six That's, months, six, seven months, six yeah. months, not a single change. And my body dropped the exact same amount every single week because we weren't stressed. We were in a routine and like, we were obviously ready for the prep. Like my body was in a position where it yeah. was ready to diet, which obviously that's like a whole nother podcast. But, yeah. like, but like it was, it. I was in the perfect position to diet. So I was super responsive and it's like giving myself enough time meant that we could protect my mental like capacity yeah. and my brain function and cognitive fun- like just general you know brain cells um and like up until I'd say maybe like there was maybe one week in the middle of that whole of that entire prep where I was like you know what I don't have many brain cells today and like I'd say during that week then we like did a deload or whatever yeah. but like for me like knowing that you know for me it's so important that I didn't I didn't lose cognitive function like yeah I can't do my job if my brain isn't working properly so like being able to like have a very very slow rate of loss was like the biggest thing for me and that's one thing that you know my next prep with AJ like it we will take that into account like you know it's gonna have to be longer than the standard person so that we can protect that um and I just say as well like another thing I did in this prep um was like you know one high day each week which actually really worked for me um and then I actually also had like a diet break in the middle for a week which I timed with the deload week and for me that was like the biggest mental refresh like ever and it came at the perfect time so I think you know for anyone it's just give yourself enough time and just see what works for you Mm. Uh, and you know like over your preps like you will learn like what what doesn't what doesn't work but for me like time was it was everything to be honest yeah I think even like my coaching I always would rather somebody have too long yeah. Um, even with like photo shit preps like I used yeah. to be like oh yeah we can do like 14 15 weeks and I'm like mm, like let's do 18 let's do 19 because yeah it might be long but like what like yeah. I've you know because I I I hate being that co- like not that being that coach but I hate when you're coaching somebody and like I'm like okay shit we have to we have to turn this up now and like sorry but this is what yeah. I have to do because exactly. this is where the position yeah. you're in and like obviously you obviously have immaculate thyroid function <laughs> If it stuck around, like, I, I'd love to see what your levels are like. I'm sure they're incredible. Um, But yeah, like, obviously your body, and, and again, all of the podcast topic, but like, you were yeah. ready to diet because you had taken, what, three years off? Yeah, three years, exactly. No, that's, it's a long time. And I think that's, yeah. again, and this is why planning, planning your preps out as well. You know, yeah. yeah, plan your days, but also plan your preps so that you are not doing them too often or you're not doing them in a year where, you need that really high cognitive function. And I think yeah. that's that's such a good point. It was something I was going to bring up anyway, was like, I mean, like there's life on the line if you fuck up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, like just because it's a dog's life doesn't mean it's any less important than like a human's yeah. life. Like it's really fucking important. So you can't yeah. be like in a, in, in a consult and can't remember what you're talking about or, yeah. you know, you're in a surgery and you yeah. just completely forget something so simple. Like, and that's what happens. Like, I know that. Like, I even remember fucking like when I was prepping, oh my god like doing check-ins yeah. thinking how am I speaking and you manage like you do it because you know yeah. what you have to do but it's it's yeah. hard exactly and that's another thing I say as well like if you are working a full-time job and you're doing a prep like be wise with your annual leave like save it like save it for when you need it like I at the start of the year on my lovely wall planner plan like my show dates like you have to be organized like we plan my show dates and like I booked the day the, the day before like two days before off because normally shows are on a weekend. So like say mm. I was competing on a Saturday, I try and book like the Thursday, the Friday and the Monday off of that week. So like, you know, then like you can just have that time. And like, then like 
the day after the show like you will need that day off you know like you are going to be completely wiped out so like you know at the start of the year like you may have to go like two or three months without a day off for annual leave but like just be wise with it like you only get you know you only get a certain amount of days off and just use them when you know you'll need them and what I actually did was then like I spread them like I spread them out so like I had like one day a week off leading up to my show so I'd only be working like a four-day week instead of Mm -hmm. having like a whole week off which just meant like I had that extra day just to like recover yeah yeah that's really really smart yeah so I think yeah I think there's a lot there in terms of how to manage like a full-time job um and again it's the the common thread that we've woven through this entire podcast (laughs) just plan and prep plan and prep it's the 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 boring unsexy truth that they don't want you to know um but I have a few I have a few questions and I think they'd be actually really really good to ask you so I have two questions from a girl she's actually one of my clients who is a vet a new vet all right um so she has two questions so one is how do you manage the mental load and or feeling emotionally drained with being so committed to fitness um so this is actually something I know I think I've two clients and they're both like new vets and they've kind of said like that yeah. first year actually I've had three clients now who have been new vets and have said like it's really hard at the start yeah. just with what's yeah. what's expected of you you know I know I had one client and like they just expected her to just just do everything um yeah. even when she wasn't maybe prepared so yeah I suppose like yeah. how did you manage that while also being like a, a high level athlete yeah so I mean <clears throat> I I briefly touched on it earlier but like I think especially now like knowing that they they are vets is like I had a mentor so I was on a grad program and one thing that he told me which like really stuck with me was like when you start out as a vet like your initial learning curve like it genuinely is so high like every single decision you make every drug you have to calculate every consult you do like you have to think um but that doesn't last forever so you'll get about six months in and like things will start becoming second nature. Like I don't need to look up drug formulas now. Like I know them on the top of my head. And like you get to a stage where like you don't need to think about every single decision because you can almost be confident that, you know, okay, you've done this before. And, you know, as it as you get used to like seeing the same presentations, you know what you're going to do. And it's like when you start out as a vet, like that initial learning curve, like honestly, that like, I can't even explain it to anybody else, but it's so, so high, but that does settle. Um, and I think, you know, when you're going through that, like it is emotionally draining. Like I was absolutely exhausted all of the time, but like, I just reminded myself of what he said and like that, that does get better. Um, and then as you do start to kind of see things more and become more familiar of what you're doing, like you can then start to develop more of like your life balance a little bit more because you won't be as drained from like your day to day um but what I'd say is like when you are going through that learning curve period like we said like try and get your gym sessions done in the morning like even if you have to drop down a day like instead of doing like five days a week do four days a week you know like do what you can as an individual um and I did I had to drop down to four days a week uh and that worked best for me because any more than that is I was just absolutely exhausted and like my sessions then were rubbish so um if you need to drop a day like obviously you know have that discussion with your coach and maybe that's something you need to do um but I'd also say like try and switch off after you leave work like I know like with any profession really but more so like medical things like 
it's so hard not to take a case home with you because you know I don't know about them but like I can log on to my um, hospital computer from work so I can see all my cases or you know my my hospital's 24 7 so sometimes on my laptop I'll be sitting with Ethan watching something and I'll log on to check how they're doing like try and avoid doing that like when you get home from work try and leave work at work and do something that occupies you occupies your brain like start a series or like you know and go for a walk or just do something that's not that um because otherwise you like you will burn out and you know in the profession like there's a lot of people that drop out because like they can't they can't switch off so I'd say like yeah I mean use your fitness as something to have a break like you know switch off and then just know that like it does get it does get easier and like that's one thing I would say like the the start is is very hard yeah I think I think that applies to like every new thing that you do like like you're like it feels so challenging at first like I remember when I first started in the lab I felt like I would cry because I just felt so overwhelmed and then like four months later I was basically running the lab and I knew you know and you're like how did I get here but it's yeah when you've not like when you've not done something before how are you supposed to know how to do it and we know this this really that makes sense but when you're in the moment you I should know this it's like yeah that's yeah <laughs> you can't yeah, yeah. then you're yeah. like why should you know it's like your imposter syndrome when you start anywhere new is so high and on top of that like you're trying to fit into a team like you're trying to like you think that they're judging you all of the time like you like oh I wonder if they like me I wonder what they think do they think I'm stupid but like honestly they don't like they actually don't care like you know if you need to ask for help like ask for help it's not a bad thing like I have no ego like if I don't know something I'll go and ask like I can just ask someone and people will help you you know if they're nice people yeah um okay so another question do you know what oh work is oh would that be like oh, overnight? Out of hours, night shifts, okay yeah. that's what I was thinking it was probably, okay so she said yeah. um if you do oh any tips for managing that and work-life balance because it's so unpredictable it's supposed to be kind yeah of- so kind of like yeah kind of basically what what we touched on with the night shifts I'd say like you know yeah I pretty much would say what we've already talked about yeah get everything done before yeah. Like get everything yeah, done before if you much. can. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. you can. Um yeah. and then yeah. Don't be afraid to like, you know, one of the things I learned as well being on my own is like, don't be afraid to like go and look something up, you know? Like more often than not, I've said to owners like, Oh, I'm just gonna go and, you know, check this and, and I'll be back and tell you the answer. Like they don't mind, just be honest with them. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah. Um so someone else asked, like, can you get a good training session in in an hour or less? So I suppose this might be for somebody who's like busy or like they've got long working hours. Yeah. What do you think? Like I I have in the past. I think like for me as a coach, like yeah. this is definitely feasible if you're smart about like your exercise yeah. selections. I would say in the, these yeah. scenarios, I'd probably do less exercises, more sets rather than trying to do like yeah. eight different exercises. Is this something you've ever had? um experience with within yeah do you know what it's a hard one because I can definitely get it done in an hour but like it depends if you're a bodybuilder I have a different opinion to if you're a general gym goer if you're a general gym goer you can only do an hour like I think it's more than enough time and you can even do a class in that time if you wanted to like you know you can go and do your thing as a bodybuilder I think like for me this is something I've learned this year is like I set my alarm even earlier so I don't miss things like my pre-session stretching or my five minute walk or like just you know not having to rush like if I needed to do it in an hour I I could but like this very very that need is just me staying in bed longer do you know what I mean like for me like I can do a session in an hour um and you know most of my sessions I'd say are probably 
80 to 90 minutes anyway they're not that long um because I get bored really quickly like I can't spend ages in between my exercises that's just me as a person um so like I'd say like an hour and a half is like my sweet spot um but yeah if you are training in the morning and you know you can get up that bit earlier just so you don't have to rush then like yeah I would do that Yeah. yeah no that's I think that's a good answer yeah. it's possible it's just and and thing like like even when I was in college it was same as you I'd get up earlier because like I don't like being rushed same and if someone's on an equipment and you want to use it like I will wait for it so I have to factor that in yeah yeah oh yeah I'm just I won't like sometimes I'll change the order like only if it's like towards the end and I know yeah, it's not gonna impact end. if they won't impact yeah. but like if it's like oh someone's on a hack squat like I'll wait yeah it's fine same. I'll wait yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah. like do you want to jump in I'm like no no it's <laughs> gonna yeah that's gonna take even longer <laughs> um okay so another question then is how do you manage multiple times eating out with friends at uni weekly so I think that's well I think that's probably going to come back to what you said is like it's it's okay to say no yeah um yeah. I think again expectations right you can go and eat out a few times a week with your friends if that's what you want to do you have to understand that that might mean then that it's going to affect your results and if you're mm-hmm. happy with that that is absolutely fine like I remember when I was when I was in first year the first time I definitely had like the what was it we called it like the fresher 14 like just gained <laughs> so much weight because like it was like yeah, oh well because first of all you got all these like club cards from all the different yeah. societies with discounts for all the restaurants so mm-hmm. it was like oh we'll go to Captain America's we'll go <laughs> and get pizza like yeah we'll go like we, we would go and get like crepes for like elevenses <laughs> like I, and, and you know what happened fully I got fat I did yeah, um so yeah. that's what happened to me yeah. um yeah. so yeah I think like one it's okay to say no but two like it's okay to go and actually not eat and I think a lot of people yeah. don't ever consider that as an option yeah. I when I was on prep multiple times would go to my friend go with my friends to a restaurant yeah. and I just wouldn't eat anything I'd eat before yeah. I went um and I don't mind it and it's not that weird like you might feel a bit uncomfortable but your friends won't care the waiter might be a bit like what but then they'll move on you know if if you got if you get a drink they don't care if you got like a coke zero they're happy but like that is actually an in-between option if you want and I just think that's something that so many people it's like I either go and eat or I don't it's like you can go and not eat or you can go and like eat something that's like somewhat similar to like what you would eat on plan. you know it doesn't have to be a burger and chips it could be something different um that would be more yeah, no, definitely yeah like I I definitely say that like for, you've literally covered that perfectly yeah. and I would just say like you know sometimes I'll go out and I'll just go all in and be like you know what I really want a burger today and that's fine like just plan your meals during the day as well like again this is like a whole nother topic but if you know you're going out for food like don't be an idiot in the day like just reduce your food and, and it's fine yeah. but if you are doing like loads of meals out like like you said you don't have to eat or you can eat something like leaner than normal you know like get a grilled chicken breast and rice or salad you know you can still go and enjoy that and I actually love going out for chicken and rice because I don't have to cook it and I don't have to clean the dishes after um but yeah like I yeah pretty much just plan (laughs) plan (laughs) sorry I was gonna call this episode it's like planning planning. (laughs) seats you know (laughs) no but it's true um so the, the the last question I got which again I'm pretty sure we've really answered this is like structuring food around night shifts so yeah, yeah maybe pushing yeah, back your meals a little bit but don't try and eat during the night I think that's yeah. the biggest yeah. one I would say I or if you do if you do need to eat something during the night especially say if you're 
on a rotate or you're on a consistent night pattern where yeah. you're sleeping and awake just make sure those meals during the night they are kind of very small and protein based yeah. because that's all your digestive system is going to be geared up to digest if you try and eat things that have like high saturated fats lots of carbohydrates yeah. especially those refined ones oh your your belly is she won't be happy it's funny because like I have um clients who work in places like Pfizer Intel like these big like they're like you know scientific like pharmaceutical based companies and they have cafeterias and like apparently the food they give them during the night is so bad and they don't talk about any of this this stuff like they don't talk about like how to manage like your food so that you don't get insulin resistance (laughs) like it's crazy um no, I think I think that's so helpful. I feel like we've covered so much there. We've been going for a good while. Thank you so much for giving me so much of your time, no, Dr. You. Z. Um, <laughs> is there any final words of wisdom you would like to give to the listeners? Oh, and to leave them with. Me on the spot now. <laughs> um, um, I'm st- I don't know. I would honestly just say, like, I know we kind of mentioned it before, but like just the okay to say no but like just do what makes you happy you know like there's so much pressure to do x y and z but like at the end of the day like it is your life and you know you can do everything you know your own little way and don't feel like you know you have to put on a show for people on instagram like honestly just no one really cares on the internet like just do just do what makes you happy and and you'll you'll be fine amen to that no one cares on the internet (laughs) so true like you think we think with they they do but they really don't well xena is pumping out the content all about stuff like this so <laughs> if you're someone who is into you know you want to learn how to balance your fitness while also just being successful at your job which Zena obviously is then you can go and follow her her Instagram is I want to say it's underscore doctor dot z-e-n-a that yes. is correct well I'm going to link it all down below anyway <laughs> thank well, th- well Zena thank you so much for coming on and giving me so much time that was honestly so good it was such a good conversation mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many things we could have spoken about because yeah. I just think your attitude to bodybuilding is fantastic it's like the perfect blend of like being balanced while also being a serious athlete which it's hard to do it's hard to do mm-hmm. but um you do it really really well but if the listeners do want to find you of course they can find you on your Instagram and thank you listeners so much for sticking with us of course if you did enjoy this don't forget to rate review follow the podcast all that good stuff and of course if you have enjoyed this please share it on your Instagram stories and you can tag both Zena and myself I'm sure we'd love to see it and um yes well I will catch you in the next one thank you